welcome to this week's Great Quarter, guys. My name's Kevin Hill. I have Andrew Cox over here in his normal seat, just back from the Bahamas, a nice little cruise. It's lucky that he did actually get back. You didn't get uh, quarantined, no quarantine. in the, the Caribbean for like three weeks. That's not the worst place to be quarantined. Uh, it wouldn't be, no. Uh, they did take off some passengers that, that had been to China in the last two weeks, so there was a bit of an, an impact from the coronavirus, but uh, nothing major. Wow. You look healthy. You're, you're, you're glowing. Thank you. It wasn't very sunny down there. I got a lot of a lot of sun through the oh, really? through the clouds. Yeah, we only had like one sunny day. Everything else was pretty cloudy. Well, but you're probably in the bar then. It was warm. Anyway. Uh, I was. Yeah, but they got <laughs> bars outside too, so it's true. <laughs> and our special guest here, JB Hampstead, JP Hampstead. My P's sound like bees. They tell me so. JP Hampstead. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Back again. What's up? I man? know, right? So an- another great episode of Great Quarter Guys. We are going to talk about one of the hottest stocks right now, which is Tesla. Oh, yeah, Tesla is one is probably the hottest it's stock. Yeah. It's, it's up how much over the last week? I mean, it's doubled. It was yeah, doubled this year. Twenty percent year to date. So year last, to date, three weeks. Yeah, four weeks or four weeks. Mm-hmm. We're from February now, aren't we? Yeah, February. Right, I still think today. we're in middle January. Yeah, time moves uh, fast. It, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, today alone, it's gone up like sixteen percent or yeah. something. It was up twenty percent yesterday. I mean, that's that's just crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So we are going to cover Tesla, and then we're going to go into a couple other things. We're going to talk about, of course, the the, the forecast of twenty twenty and kind of what FreightWave said thinks uh, is going to happen in the trucking market. A little bit of DHL supply chain pricing power index mixed in there, and then we're going to do our long and shorts. But first, we're going to tackle Tesla, and um, and as always, our friends over at Carrier Direct, Peter and Ryan and Diane, supplied a lot of the research, the stock research that, that we're going to go into uh, very, very quickly. And um, yeah, so special thanks again to Carrier Direct. Yeah, I think this is going to be fun. You, you got, I think we got two bears in the room and, and one bull. Well, I don't uh, know what JP is. Actually. I think, I think JP's a bear. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's just run down some big ones. Their market cap has exploded, uh, up to 160 billion now. The and most that's valuable as of car like company today, in the right? world. Yeah. That's as of like a couple minutes mm, ago. Okay. Um, so yeah, now the most, uh, valuable car company in the world, like four times more valuable than Ford, uh, in the U.S. Um, they had 2019 revenues about 25 billion. Uh, I think I think revenues in the fourth quarter were seven and a half or something. Uh, so up <clears throat> the fourth quarter revenues were the highest of any quarter this year. Uh, again, yeah, stocks up 120 percent year to date. Um, we can dive into the revenues a little bit. Their their total revenues were up 15 percent year over year, and uh, their costs were down. So they they came out cash flow positive for the last three quarters. Uh, they actually had net income this last quarter, uh, and a lot of their reasons for the for the for the revenues being uh, up less than the uh, everything else, but I think they had a higher mix of, of Model 3s, so they sold uh, more cars. They had 400,000 deliveries this year. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. This is a car company that's valued at six times revenue. I don't think it's a car company, no. I think we. I think do we they get, not make cars? They make cars. They, make, they do a lot of other things. I think they. Have you ever seen a Tesla driving down the road? Yes. They make cars. Is Apple a watch company? Well, they I mean, sell more watches than anyone else. Anyone else, or anyone or? else in the, any watch company in the world, Apple sells more. Do they really? Yeah, they took over Rolex like two years ago. Wow, I didn't yeah. even think that Apple Watch had been out for two years. Yeah, they sell more watches than anyone else. I think they're well on their way to selling more um, uh, pods or whatever you know, ear, yeah, ear, ear, ear pods, ear pods than anyone else as well. But but what is Apple? 
I don't even know if they're if they're not a watch company. What are they? I, I mean, mean, they're a technology I guess they're a tech company. company. Yeah, they're a tech, tech company. That sells hardware. They make computers. Well, I mean, they're they're differentiated because they're the only um, like computer manufacturer that also designs the operating system and builds like you know a lot of the whatever like the software as well as the hardware. I like Google does it as well now. They they took over. They bought HTC. They're now building their own phones. They got the Pixel. You know, what is Google? Uh, Google's a tech company. Yeah. Are they an advertising company? They're an, or adver- they, they're an advertising company. Are they a search company? I don't know. That's a really good question, actually. Because what is uh, what is anybody? Uh, yeah, that's just so, like... So what I is think, Tesla? I think, we wa- I think we waste too much time trying to box them into these like predetermined industries that we have for the only reason is to so we can compare them to other people. But mm-hmm. there's no one really that we can comp Tesla to directly. There's a lot of other people that we can try to comp them to. We can try to comp them to Toyota or Honda or Ford or other car companies. I think Honda's the only one that makes sense there because they're the only ones that make a lot of other things besides cars. They make solar. They got into solar panels. They make mm-hmm. engines for leaf blowers and lawnmowers. What do you think, Te- what do you think Tesla's uh, solar panel business should be valued at? Oh, I don't know. I don't know any other solar panel business. Well, the investors say zero. <laughs> Yeah. But, so I mean, here, here's my thing. Is. Here's my thing. Like, I don't want to get into like okay. a pedantic debate about whether they're a tech company or a car company because that doesn't really matter. But my, my point here would be that the reason why tech companies enjoy rich multiples is because they have high quality recurring revenue. Um, and they have gross margins that get better and better the more they sell. So if I write a program like Microsoft Office, and every copy, you know, I, I incur millions of dollars paying people to, ma- you know, make the the source code, right? Mm-hmm. But then every um, every subsequent copy of the software that I sell has better and better gross margins. More and more of that is profit. That isn't the case with car companies, which is why I think that, uh, you know, and, and it's not the case. And regardless of whether you think, you know, Tesla's a car company or not, where they get their revenue is by selling giant pieces of metal, um, cars. Well, software companies have have, have uh, gigantic economies of scale, yeah. right? Because you have that initial investment, and then you just have basically maintenance of, let's say, the code or rolling out new features. So you get that huge incremental margin, right? And and as you said, you know, building cars is a very capital intensive business. So it really, so, so it comes it's down harder to, to get to those economies of scale. So yeah, so economies of scale kind of revenue whether it's one time or recurring um and the the way that the gross margins behave as the company Mm -hmm. reaches scale and as more of the product is sold that that's those characteristics of the revenue are why tech companies are valued so highly um and that's that's kind of like you know obviously tesla makes very high-tech cars but fundamentally May, every Model Three that they make costs about as much as the the previous Model Three that they made. So that's that's kind of yeah, like you get why to a limit I think of... I think that it should be treated differently. Not I mean, if they do get recurring revenue off of software, if they are able to, um, you know, build cars and then have robo taxis or something like that, obviously that revenue should be valued differently. But like in in the current like, if you look at their financial statements, like I don't see why. To me, um, the company is valued so highly. But Andrew is just back from the Caribbean. He's writing notes. He really wants to say something, and I cut him off just now. I'll probably cut you off again. But I want to hear what you think. 
Yeah. No, it was my, my, my rebuttal was, so you, right now we've determined two things that make a company a tech company. One is economies of scale that you can, uh, you can, you can build off of every, every product that you make that has a better margin than the previous one right. and recurring revenue. Are those, are those are only two prerequisites for a tech company. Well, I wouldn't say they're the only two prerequisites. It's it what it makes the valuation of a tech company that much more than someone than Ford or GM, right? I mean, that's that's one of the the key ingredients. Yeah, right. Uh, and again, I would say that the the uh, I mean, if another factor, I guess, would kind of be that like modern tech companies, especially the highly valued ones, try to do something that previous companies haven't done before, whether. Whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook, whatever, connecting people in a different way, searching the internet, leveraging the data for all different kinds of businesses in a different way, um, you're not you're not going to see a company, for example, go public and say, "Hey, we are going to build." Excuse my previous example. We're building the next word processing program. Like we're we're launching we're launching you know instead of Microsoft Office. Yeah, Freightwaves Office, and that's going to be like. Well, I'll, I'll and, let Andrew rebut. Re- 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 is your re- point? Is one. your point that Tesla is is doing that, or they're do, they're doing something that people have done previously? Well, it's like basically like it's this. It's a product that already exists. That's already in a highly competitive. It's well, a car. I mean, it's it's a different kind of car though. So I'll take Andrew's side on this one because I, you know, I, it's a different kind of car. It's a different philosophy. It's a different manufacturing process, and that's the dream. And 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 I like Teslas. I think they're they're gorgeous cars. I'd like to have one. Um, but but my thing is that's a dream. That's a vision. Now the, the valuation right now, especially, is to that vision. But can they execute that? Yeah, I'm not arguing that the valuation isn't super rich right now. I'm mm-hmm. not. That's, that's well, it's gone up. I mean, the and, thing's doubled in the last. And, and who was it? Was three John Barron that came out? Uh, a famous money manager, Perma Bull. Who came on CNBC uh, actually this morning, and that's one of the reasons why the stock's up fifteen percent. And said that in ten years he thinks it's a trillion dollar a year revenue company, right. which is so outlandish that. But why is that outlandish? What do you think that? Well, so uh, so twenty five rev- billion dollars this year. So in ten years, I mean, I mean, I'm not that good at math. Yeah, but I, don't, I think his argument wasn't that they're going mean, to take. It's like thousands exponential growth right but i don't think his argument is that that all of that revenue growth is going to come from car sales i think i I think i think eventually they get to a point where they look at look at apple now so apple Mm -hmm. they when the iphone came out it grew exponentially it became you know 60 70 80 percent of their revenue and then they started divesting away from that and getting into services they started building attachments to things Mm -hmm. and now now apple revenue less than 50 percent actually comes from iphones i think tesla's going to do the same thing and they've already started building recurring revenue models that will take over the service they they have the vision of the same thing right you just have to execute it right and you know steve jobs for you know all his uh up and down, up and down, kind of unique personality. Didn't get in so much trouble with the SEC. Didn't get in so much trouble with investors. Didn't get in, you know. Does does I, Elon I think Musk Tesla have investors the, are pretty happy right now? Well, they're they're happy right now. They they weren't happy six months or nine months ago, twelve months ago. But but you know, it's it's short term. Ten years away, a trillion dollars in revenue is a little bit outlandish. That's uh, an outlandish call. Yeah, to say a oh, trillion dollars in revenue is outlandish because it's it's just simply like never been close to yeah, being that, done right? like so. ever. But but like, I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying I it's outlandish. Also, I think it's. Outlandish. I kind of I kind of think that a lot of the run up in the valuation right now is because 
I mean, and you're seeing it in other weird companies too. You look at something like, like, uh, Virgin Galactic has gone up a lot, like kind of weird, like risk on tech. Would that be uh, SpaceX? I'm sorry, Virgin space, Galactic. Space. space. Yeah, 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 Virgin Galactic. Richard Branson's uh, space tourism company. I, I think I've is, heard of them. Just pre revenue Once or twice. But, um, Every day before 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not a, not a, not a, I don't have a position in space. Uh, but um, I, I think a lot, like people have been excited about Tesla for a long time, and but there have been a, like a lot of negative headlines about it. So I think that, you know, you've got the the SEC investigation, the blade manipulate, you know, blade and stock manipulation. The falling falling back the, on production numbers you the bad, constantly. Yeah, like, that, yeah. you know, well, issues yeah. issues with quality, issues with with autopilot, all all the different things everyone knows about. I'm not going to rehearse for you know and, and bore everyone, but it's like I think there was a lot of people wanted in, but there were all these lingering clouds. I think some of those have dissipated and have allowed really like the true like crazy enthusiasm of the retail investor base to come through. I don't, but I mean, I think anyone who's like says they know why the stock is, has doubled so quickly. Like, no, I mean, I think I know what the stock has doubled. It's FOMO. It's pure fear of missing out on this big run. I saw the same thing uh-huh. in crypto end of 2017, beginning of 2018. You just have people that are seeing it go up and they don't know why nobody can explain it, but they know they want in. So they just buy and buy and buy and they buy it up. Like tulips. That's like tulips. Like tulips. It's, it's, it's Similar, exactly, but you know, in a very can short... It, you can't increase the production of electric cars as quickly as you can increase the production of tulips. I, I don't think so. But I, I don't know. I've never grown tulips, so I, I really can't tell you for certain. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, there's... The, there's well, you know, how, one, how, one of the things, right, before, you know, is, is another worry that I have on Tesla is these promises they make that are a little bit outlandish, but they're promises like a million by the end of this year, a million autonomous. I think it was 2021. Taxis. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Well, even that. Well, you, is, you realize they already have the taxis on the road. They've, well, but a million of them? Yeah. They've already sold a I mean, million they, cars. They, they, it's just an, it's just a well, software upgrade. How to many their own did car. they sell? How many cars did they sell? They had four hundred thousand deli- deliveries this year. This year, not Tw- this quarter, but this year, one hundred and fifteen. So they're going to double production. Yeah, and they are. They're planning to. They're planning to deliver five hundred thousand cars next year. And all those are going to be autonomous. Yeah, that's just a software upgrade. They're already. They're already. They have the FSD full service driver. It's, it's not that simple. It's, it, of it, course, it, they have regulatory approval to get through. But no, but it, it, it's not the case that all of the. Model threes even have um, the hardware necessary for for full self driving. Like there are different people who have like tried to upgrade who can't and things like that. Like it's not it's not simply a, a software issue. There's there's very complicated um, large computers that are required I mean, that that are already in Tesla's to some degree. But I don't think they can just over over the air like retrofit every Tesla that's ever made ever been made with with like autonomous taxi capabilities. And, and I don't know any software company that, that does that correctly. They, okay, we're going to update a million cars on the road. Nothing's going to go wrong. I don't think it's a, I don't think Tesla's making the choice. I think you have to pay. It's again, it's another, you pay $2,000. Any kind so of upgrade. It's not going to be a million at a time. You know, if, if we take Microsoft as an example, right? Every time they come up with new windows, it's a, a perfect product, right? It's it's that was full of holes and bugs and fixes and it takes like twelve to eighteen months just to sort it out. Let's let's talk which about which is not a bad thing. I mean that's that's how you do business. Um, let's talk of about. Of course, 
putting it putting software yeah. in, in the stakes are much higher. Yeah. I want to hear Andrew talk about like a bullish theme. What what's going on with the Gigafactory three in in Shanghai or Gigafactory? Oh no, 2? no, they're building the Model threes in Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, but the first deliveries. Yeah, sure. well, so the, whatever whatever number the the factory is oh, in, oh. in Shanghai, like oh, the Gigafactory two or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, gotcha. What's the potential for that market? Like, how important is China to Tesla's future? Well, I think China's immensely important, as important, uh, probably more important. Oh, than, there's no way to get a trillion dollars without China. No, there's no way without China. Um, no, I think I think Tesla's. I think I think uh, China is of vital importance to Tesla. One, they the. The production capacity is expected to be, I think, 150,000 by the end of 2020. Uh, they'll likely meet that capacity in demand. They sold, uh, I want to say, like 30 or 40,000. They delivered 30 or 40,000 in China. Um, this is the first year they started delivering in China. Uh, 2019 was, excuse me. But the, in 2019, those were mostly going built in California and Correct. shipping them. Okay. Correct. So, you know, you, you, uh, beyond the tariffs currently that are on, um, imported cars from the U.S., once they're built in China, you not only you know can negate that cost, uh, but everybody knows that everything's cheaper to build in China. That we don't have to get into that. Um, and you have a mat like the Chinese market's the biggest car market. It's the biggest um, electric oh, electric car market oh, by far. Um, yeah. It's you know, and it's it's also there's a massive population. Like let's think about the one percent in China. You know, we talk about the one percent in the U.S. being so much. I mean, mm-hmm. it's five times as big in China. So um, there's plenty of people that can afford them. People, Tesla has that kind of almost like Nike status uh, as a brand oh, over there. So I think people demand it. I, I think, and then on top of that, you've, you once they get into the autonomous and the robo taxis and everything else, uh, there's a big market for there that for there as well. I mean, so Ch- Ch- China's you, a massive where, market. So I I, under, I do understand that China is like the largest market for electric vehicles in the world right now. Um, I'm, can you help us understand sort of where Tesla fits into the competitive landscape in terms of EVs in China? Like, I would imagine that the current dominant models are not as nice and much cheaper. Mm-hmm. So this is going after like the people who would normally be buying like Mercedes Benzes and stuff. Like yeah, that. I would think. I think there's a little bit of both. I think that they can make Model Threes there cheap enough that yeah, they won't be able to to, to compete with the Tatas or all of the really cheap. You know, just plastic models that that are driven around there but i think yeah i think they fit there as china as china's income grows as as people become more wealthy in in china tesla will be uh, a status symbol for a lot of people in china so that brings up the question isn't that an issue that apple's always had with asia especially in china is that uh, they don't own the market share at all in china it's android which are cheaper cheaper devices that work just as well as the, the status of an iPhone. And that's always been a little bit of a stumbling block for, for Apple is, is, is having consumers in Asia that can meet that price point. Yeah. Well, Apple has a, Apple has a problem there because they've not been willing to accept the demands of the Chinese government for them to, uh, to, for them to get in that market there. That Huawei, OnePlus, there's a dozen companies over there that dominate the phone market that but, aren't American made. They're Chinese made. And it's kind of the, the same in Latin America though, right? If you look at international Android phones or, or oh yeah, they're have a much, they have a much better more market, market, market share, share. Yeah, yeah. Mainly because of the price, right? Yeah, I'd say okay. for the price. Yeah, uh, and for the fact that the things that we like about Apple phones, uh, you, they're not really necessary in other countries. A lot of other people, yeah. are, they just use WhatsApp. You can use WhatsApp yeah. on. on but, any but do you device. think Tesla might have that same uh, stumbling block or, or roadblock? But let's say that they can bust through it, but uh, they're, they're going to have that same issue with price points in Asia and and having that premium 
built into their products that that Nike or, or Apple status. Well, I think the risk. I mean, is, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, I think the risk is there, and we can we can go back and forth on companies that have that have jumped well, over I'm, the. I'm no, not no, saying no. they can't. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I, you know, we could go back and forth on who mm-hmm. has been able to jump over the block and who hasn't been able to get over it. Uh, but I think Tesla, because of the brand they've established, and and on personally, Elon Musk's likely likeness in Asia, people love him in Asia. So mm-hmm. I think just the fact that they're again they're it's a it's a company that's becoming richer every day they're having more disposable income it's almost they they it's a very oh, status yeah. heavy uh war, status heavy culture as well there, there's no question about all so of those I things think, you're, uh, yeah there's I, I no think, i think they'll be able to jump over that and block. i think i, I think do. his and especially they'll be able to cheap they'll be able to sell them at a cheaper price than they do anywhere else in the world the ones that are built there in the shanghai factory the, the model 3s there are going to be cheaper than anywhere else so I, I, I think, think his fun. his brand also translates internationally pretty well. Like the the themes about um, well, he's electrification, too, you know, electrification, the, electrification, space exploration are things that kind of are like global concerns. That um, I think you know when people when de- in developing countries people can start to afford to care about those things. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they build out like the network of. Uh, charging infrastructure, the way that they distribute cars and the logistics behind that. I know they've had some, you know, just kind of issues with deliveries and things like that in the U.S. and obviously China's a whole other world. I don't really know. I, I suspect they'll sell mostly to the, the coastal cities you know, on the East Coast. Yep, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously like the, the the honestly, China is one of the reasons why I can see people kind of saying the stock has a really big upside that's kind of hard to measure well I mean, do you mean I, the thing about china is that they don't have to uh tesla itself doesn't have to build out a charging network like it does in the u.s china the chinese government is already building has already built out a massive uh network there i think in shanghai alone last year they put in more um in the city of shanghai more um more charging stations in that city than in the entire U S did in the last two or three years. So, I mean, they're just, they're exponentially wow. growing their network. They're, they're trying to get a, to get ahead of this electrification, you know, curve. Uh, I think that's one of China's themes moving forward is, is that this is how they're going to try to take over the number one spot of the world is electric cars and AI and everything forward military power. But I think it's part of their plan. And that's a and risk. Tesla too. fits in well there. It's a risk too. It's an opportunity and a risk, Right. Because of the same reason, uh, it's a kind of a risk for for Apple or any other right. technology vendor uh, because of the state politics. You yeah, know, you, don't get, you don't want to get you don't want to get ripped off you, and looked at yeah. as like a tool of the American government or and like, get crowded out by by right. cheaper or get copied and then get pushed off, get copied by a space a state sponsored mm-hmm. uh, institution and then get pushed off but on, on, but, on on that. So I mean, that's that's just risks. And every company faces it, which is, which is fine. Right. But it's another another reason why the trillion dollars is is going to be very hard. Yeah, I, I tr- keep on going back to trillion dollars, but yeah, I, there's no reason. Yeah, for it's me a, to. it's a crazy number, but uh, it, you know. it is. all right. Well, how about this? I got a question for you guys. Uh, what do you think? What company should Tesla strive to be? We talked earlier about how it's hard to comp them to anyone that there's no real direct pure play. Uh, sustainable energy company, but this seems to be close to one, uh, close to as we're going to get to one right now. Who should who should uh, Tesla strive to be? Should they strive to be something like Apple that has a lot of hardware but also sells a lot on software? Or they should they try to be Honda, who's known for uh, for incredible engineering power? Who should they strive to be? 
I, I like, think they're striving to be both. Yeah, I like your analogy to Apple earlier in this show because that makes so much sense. Is that you you build very well designed hardware products that are can be a platform for services and software, and it's a, sort of an integrated, pleasurable experience, user experience that's like second to none, and you charge way more than everyone else but it's viewed as like a must have kind of item. Like if they can, if they can get to that, then, uh, you know, the company should be very valuable. Um, again, whether they'll get to Apple's, you know, net earnings, who knows, but, um, the, you know, they're still in the business of making cars and they're, they're in, you know, the, in the, in China is a, a country with much better public transportation than, you know, for, for example, the U S East coast. So, um, so let's talk about electric trucks because they, they came out with news on their earnings. The semis, about, uh, the, the semis yeah. right? Not the cyber trucks, mm-hmm. but the semis uh, that they, they said they're going to start production and deliver, yep. deliver limited these volumes, limited volumes. Second half this year. Of this year. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to make those? Uh, I think they're, they're made in Free, Free, uh, Fremont, isn't it? Yeah, wherever okay. their California factory is. Have they made Fremont. any? Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's been prototypes running all over the prototypes, roads. They've seen but, them. But not full scale. Uh, I don't think they've done, I don't okay. think they've begun full, full scale right. production yet. It would be a good, it would be a good indicator of, of their, actually, their technology or their manufacturing capabilities. Some of them have actually be been, to. um, spotted, uh, in testing, like yeah. delivering other Tesla cars to dealerships, like this, pulling trailers okay. and stuff. Um, but beginning d- up to full, I mean, full scale production is something that they've always struggled with. So we'll see if they still struggle with both the, but I will, the, the I will, semi trucks and the cyber trucks if they actually are going to produce those. I will I, make I the know. argument that they're, most of their bottlenecks uh, in, in prior years have come from battery production. And that was all before the gig, the, the gigafactory in Arizona or wherever the hell it is. Uh, Nevada, was built, right? Nevada was built. Reno. Yeah. Uh, hey, I saw them building that one, one time whenever I was out in, really? in Reno working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's huge. The thing that, huge. the thing that I, I think will be, you know, well, I think the thing that I think will keep the semi from being like a major contributor to the company's bottom line is basically just that it like, Commercial, like uh, trucking companies, for example, really care about asset utilization. They really care about downtime for maintenance. Um, and they're not going to have people who know how to fix these trucks. On the one hand, electric vehicles and electric drivetrains should be much more reliable mm-hmm. than internal combustion cars. But we do know about, you know, I mean, just put, you know, putting 100,000 miles a year on, on a truck on a brand new truck. Yeah. You don't know what never, the wear and tear yeah, like, is going to be. Things like. are going to break. Um, you know, it's, it's, they're, a, they're just now learning how to build these trucks. No one knows how to fix them. And Tesla itself yeah. isn't great at quickly turning around those cars and getting them back on the road. So, so I, I think that's one of the problems too, is that the, the semi trucks might be a distraction kind of like space is a distraction, uh, boring a tunnel through LA and what other businesses that Elon Musk is, is doing right now are distractions. So basically the semi market is never going to be the, 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 anything that really moves the needle for, for Tesla at the moment, right? Yeah, well, yeah. So, so you, you're devoting a lot of resources to, to chase a market that do you really need to chase? Should you really perfect the electric are they car? Really, are they really putting car? that much resources to it though? They're only they're only spending five percent on on R and D. Yeah, but that's 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 still a lot. That's still just a lot of people doing something that 
doesn't really need to be done. You kind of need laser focus. Well, I mean, do you do you argue that the that the market for semis in the next fifteen to twenty years is going to change? Change like change to a big degree. It's I, I, go I away think from it will, but, but at some point you can't do everything. You got to the the the, the riches over the niches, or the niches are the riches. And if you try to do everything, I, I think that 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 is very tough to do. It's just very tough to do. Getting into semis, getting into all kinds right. of these businesses that distract your attention because you only have so much time yeah but he's somehow got more time than most other people <laughs> like that dude works like 150 <laughs> I, hours a week. he does and it's there's there's no no doubt that that he does um but i think over time those distractions might catch up uh to the business and it kind of did about a year or so ago you know they're going in a tough space it or, or tough space um where he's fighting with the the the, the sec you know, yeah, he, yeah. It was making, a stupid tweet. I mean, let's, well, let's, let's but, not but, argue. But I don't think he really cares at this moment because he's he's. Well, I, I mean, he owns eighteen percent of moment, Tesla. At this moment, he doesn't. But now he's not chairman of the board. He's got yeah, lawsuits he's not from going investors. Anywhere. He's. I know he's not going anywhere, but th- there's just more distractions, and in in the future, less power that he does have over. Over the, his business, Tesla, and the other the other thing that I'm waiting for to see, kind of in the the, the income statements, is that um, w- w- with especially with regard to the semi, is still waiting for capital expenditures to exceed depreciation. Um, that that that's been it's been running under depreciation for I want to say four quarters now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this quarter essentially- maybe they they did. I don't. Finally. I don't think so. I don't think no, so. Okay. Um, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, especially now. I don't know if you know, they changed their lease, um, their lease agreements for anybody that's leasing a Model 3 from them. You no longer get to keep it at the end of your lease. Uh, you don't have the option to buy it. The Tesla gets it back. So I think they're going to have, Tesla's going to own more and more cars. So I don't know if they're, like, they're going to be depreciating those cars over time. I, I don't know when that may happen, but it might not happen anytime soon. CapEx exceeding depreciation. I what think are they going to do with the cars? They're gonna dedicate them to robo taxis. What do you mean? Okay. Probably not. I mean, it's gonna take it's gonna take time. It'll be next yeah. year, next year, the year after. But yeah. So the robo taxis are supposed to come out by the end of 2021. Yeah. They, well, yeah. He's, he's expecting quite a few by the end of 2021. But he said in a in a in a in a, a pre- presentation or something not too long ago that he'll have that there will be some running in some jurisdictions by the end of this year. Because okay. uh, there are some places in Arizona and. Even Pittsburgh, there's been some some cities that with have, no human drivers. Yeah, no human drivers. So so, but but the, they 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 tend. Musk does this. Yeah, he overpromises. He overpromises and under delivers quite often. Yeah, but so he overpromises we'll to such a degree that people are okay with the <laughs> okay with the results. Typically. True, true, but it does yeah. affect the stock price in, in the short term. Uh, which it's been a volatile stock. There's been a lot of drama. There were a couple of times when they were very, very short on cash. A couple of times mm-hmm. when the stock was low enough mm-hmm. that he was about to get margin called. But it's crazy that they keep like, I mean, it's been that's why it's been such a fun story. That's why it's I think maybe the over, uh, ins- overpromises inspired so much energy from both his supporters and detractors is just that they keep managing to throw these hail marys and thread the needle quarter after quarter and um i mean obviously now the market thinks that a lot of like i said a lot of storm clouds have cleared and that they're turning things around um yeah we'll, we'll see it's it's obviously yeah. it's been it's been very fascinating and i i do want to say that like for all of my criticisms of the company um and the way it's run and its valuation like i'm not someone who 
would ever want it to go bankrupt. Like, I think if you, you know, if you're, if you're cheering for the bankruptcy of like, and I'm not talking about you, Kevin, or anything, but, but there's obviously an active community of people on Twitter, like te- the Tesla Q people who like want to think it should be bankrupt, and, want and, to be bankrupt. Like, Bloomberg Business Week, I think it was two weeks ago, had a, an excellent article on those guys that Tesla. Yeah, Dana, Dana Hall wrote that. I follow yeah, her on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah buy, she's great. It's called Buy Haters on Bloomberg. If oh, you're interested yeah, in, if you're interested yeah, yeah. In, in Tesla and, and what the short sellers are saying and what they're doing and the Twitter wars and, and how Elon Musk is singling whom personally singling out people in this yeah, group yeah. like you know another it's an, distraction it's, it's been know? intense but i think like if you really want like <laughs> one of the one of the only recently founded american car companies to go bankrupt like that's there's something wrong with you like yeah, you, yeah you there's should, something i you know like, i'm a bear on the stock i i think they have a lot of challenges to execute and be successful but i would still like to buy a tesla 3 or a new tesla uh whatever they come out except the cyber truck no cyber truck but, but anything <laughs> else i'd be a, a huge fan to to drive i've never r- even ridden one i, I hear it's I've, I've, I've ridden in one that was being d- driven somewhat erratically uh <laughs> through the streets of chicago v- Great acceleration. Great, yeah. great acceleration. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. I was being pushed into the, into the, my seat several times. It was, it was, a, it was a thrilling ride. Nice, nice. So I, I hope they do well. I, I think that they have a, a great product. I, I think they can hit on all of these, but it's going to be very, very difficult to execute on everything he's trying to do. And there's probably more, much more stumbling blocks ahead for them before they actually reach that vision. So. I'll leave it at that and turn it over to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a very long on Tesla. I probably will buy a Tesla if my Toyota Camry will last me a couple more years so I can save up some money. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think, and this is, I mean, all, everything we've said, and they haven't even started producing the Model Ys yet. That's mm-hmm. likely going to be their best-selling car. I mean, that's the best-selling car in America is across their SUV. They're growing popularity in China. So I, yeah, I think there's very bright days. There's probably a couple dark days ahead of him. I'm sure Elon Musk will do something stupid uh, and tweet while he's drunk. But I think I think there's bright days ahead. I, I think it's by far going to be the, the most very valuable good. car company for a long time. Very good. Well, that's cool. uh, that's the end of the segment for for Tesla. Thanks again to Carrier Direct for providing a lot of this great research that we just have our fingertips every every morning uh, that we can come in here and and discuss. Uh, different stocks and different financial plays in the market. And JP, thanks for being here. You can stay if you want to, or you can get back out and, and, and do some work. It's up, really up to you. Got it. Got some stuff I'm going to finish up, but uh, thanks for having me, yeah, guys. Get the work. Appreciate yeah. It. <laughs> get that passport research out there. Yes. Yes. And you can find all of JP's research at freightwaves.com slash passport. And that's all the information that you need to sign up for for that product which includes his research our research mm-hmm. plus event tickets all in one package that gets you through 12 months that's right yeah so what's the next next thing on our agenda Andrew? uh next thing is actually one of those research projects our 2020 freight forecast we we're just going to talk a little bit about what we're expecting uh we'll go ahead and give a shout out now you can go ahead and download that's one of our our free uh research reports you can download it on freightwaves.com yeah just google 2020 freight waves fork or no i'm sorry 2020 freight waves uh freight outlook and it'll take you directly to the download page you can download that free report it's a, a special report 
that our paid research divisions have put out online. Plus, we we shot a live live show within the booth. Dooner, myself, JP was on there. Uh, Bot and Soul was on there talking about intermodal. Uh, we also, uh, Craig Fuller, our CEO, came on with JT Ingstrom, our, our chief strategy officer, and we all uh, came in and discussed what we're seeing in the markets and what we're expecting for the next 12 months. That's right. And you can watch that uh, FreightWaves TV. So it's tv.freightwaves.com. Check mm-hmm. that live stream out. Um, yeah. I mean, do we, do we want to jump into some of the numbers or you want to you move on to the DHL supply chain? Well, let's uh, let's move on to the DHL supply chain and then we'll, we'll ex- extrapolate that out. Through. Cool. For, for 2020, because that's the, the DHL supply chain pricing power index is, is a real time market condition. So what are we seeing right now? Uh, so the, the pricing power fell a little bit, uh, this mm-hmm. week, fell five points towards the shippers. Uh, just a quick refresher. Zero would be all the power to the shippers. 100, all the power to the carriers. 50, 50 is, a, is an even market both ways. Uh, so it's fallen down from, it was at 45 a, a month ago or so. Uh, it's fallen down to 30 now. Um, and our reasons for that, I guess we saw volumes were pretty much identical to last year, uh, except for the reefer volumes. They're, they're up uh, yeah, the pretty re- sharply. Yeah, reefer's volumes are up, and we had some pretty bleak earnings yeah. all through throughout, the week, the last truck couple load, of weeks. Logistics, everybody you know, it's not company-specific. It's just the market. Mm-hmm. Everyone's down. Revenues are down 15%, 10%, 5%, uh, mostly double digits, though, in both um, both the, like dry van, flatbed, and also brokers too has taken an enormous hit on both gross revenues and net revenues and that margin has shrank because we're in that part of the cycle where contract rates are still coming down uh, spot rates are, are flat mm-hmm. uh, and if when they start moving up it's going to get probably another quarter of of really bleak earnings especially on the logistics side as that gross margin narrows uh, until we rebalance and, and, and hit the next phase of the, the freight brokerage cycle. Right. And that's, that's when spot rates kind of push up contract rates during those renegotiations. Exactly. And so you have that spread is a bit wider for those logistics and brokers, uh, to, to make some money. You do. Uh, but in, even in that, right before that happens, uh, your margins will narrow a little bit, but the, the, the gross or the, the average revenue, uh, per load will start to increase. So even though you're running on a, a smaller margin, the gross gross sales are, are higher, right? So that that gross margin dollar amount grows, and then your percentages grow, and then the market tanks again because <laughs> it's just a cycle, just yeah. a big cycle of peaks and valleys. It's, it's got to be one of the most cyclical industries I've ever it seen. It really is in such short short cycles, right. and and basically you're coming around to the oil and gas industry doing that, especially the shell players on. Out in Texas and Oklahoma, where I'm from, is that it was a huge bubble out there. They had all these great forecasts of the oil they're going to produce in year four, five, six, seven, eight. And they were just drilling all they could drill, and they drilled themselves out of business. And no help from OPEC, really, who was uh, trying to drive them out of business, too. So you had all these confluences, and then you get down to the actual four or five years, and they're not uh, not producing as much oil as they thought they would, and more gas. And there's places out in Texas and I think Oklahoma too, where you know your wellhead. You know you go to the nearest terminal, you ship it to the next nearest terminal through pipeline or even truck, and um, and that gets passed along. That that initial place where uh, EMP company actually sells our oil is 
is is basically in their natural gas as well. Natural gas is negative. You're paying people to take your natural gas away, mm-hmm. which is not flooded a good. Yeah, no, flooded yeah. with it. So it's not a good, not a good market to be in. But yeah, that was uh, that's kind of and what we're seeing for the rest of the year is is kind of that next phase in the cycle. Yeah, you know, we're, we're I guess we, we we are expecting a little bit of a uh, of a relief um, coming up. You know, second half of 2020, uh, we we're expecting capacity to shrink a little bit. Some people to leave the market. Some of those drivers to get out. Uh, we're not seeing you know new orders and and used truck prices are both giving us some some indication that uh, capacity should tighten. Um, we're seeing uh, elevated o- operating ratios for trucking companies yes. at a hundred, sometimes above a hundred. Uh, increase in insurance costs. We did nuclear verdicts paper. Our survey said that on average, uh, trucking companies are seeing a twenty percent increase year over year on premiums, which uh, whenever you're, you're running 100 OR, is not 98 OR, 99 OR, it's not a good sign. So, no. Um, but, you know, should be should have brighter days ahead. The economy is still strong. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're, China seems to be, uh, the, the trade talks with China seems to be improving. Um, the USMCA should should help out yeah. as well, more, more, yeah. more trade. Uh, and especially if Brexit ends up happening, the, you know, there, there's a good tie there between Boris Johnson and President Trump. So there could be another good. deal there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the economy's strong. Consumer's good. Second half should be much better. It should be. And that's kind of our, our forecast is right. that yeah, the yeah, capacity yeah. is going to tighten a little bit. We're going to be more balanced market. We're certainly not, probably not going to see 2018 unless there are critical events that were hit. And that's yeah. really what will drive. And that would, you know, that would honestly that. be, you know, those critical events sadly are usually natural, uh, natural events, you know, hurricanes. There hurricane is one season. that's not that, that we, I, I forgot to mention, and that's the drug clearing house uh, database yes. yeah. that's going to make everyone who fails, every driver who fails a test, uh, that's going to be public information. All employers can go in and, and they have to search that, uh, before they hire anyone. And basically, I think it was in 2018, uh, the failure rate hit at 1%. So that means that in 2020, instead of a 25% random sampling, it's going to be 50%. So that database that, that started on January 6th with zero names in it, that is going to accelerate the building of that. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take uh, a lot of drivers that uh, in the past have been qualified and move them into the unqualified hiring bucket. And that's going to limit the supply of drivers out there, which should help uh, push rates up. Mm-hmm. For for carriers and brokers, and we've heard I've heard I've read at least a, a couple um, kind of wide ranging uh, expectations for that and what the actual capacity change could be. I think some people said by the end of this year, two or three percent mm-hmm. of drivers could be in there, but by the end of next year, when everything when it continues to populate, this is something that's going to grow as they as they drug test more. Uh, that it could be upwards of you know five, six, seven, eight percent. So it, it could be it could have a massive impact on the market. It definitely could, and you know I, I've been seeing that the initial numbers kind of put it on that pace. You know, if you can take the first two or three weeks results and, and right. forecast that out. So here in the next few months, we'll probably do a research project where we take the, the, the numbers and we do some kind of mathematical model mm-hmm. with our guys over in data science on the sonar side and put an expectation out. Put an expectation out. Rates, yeah, yeah. Capacity, yeah. I everything. think we just came up with an idea that for a research. Fun, actually. Yeah, I know yeah, it I does, like doesn't it? Yeah, it maybe right after the first quarter, yeah. right? So, so basically fun. we see the March March. 30th numbers yeah uh last day of the quarter and we go from there or is it march 31st i can never, uh, i can never remember the 31st, yeah. 30, 30, 30, so march 31st and uh we can just uh forecast that on out call it done we'll call it do done it. call it uh, done so let's move on what um 
you know, you got a new show that that has been created yeah. in out of thin air about I, five of, five minutes. Of, you guys come up with something. I, you you go to the Caribbean and we create a new I come show. Back and there's a new show. And you're like, what what is this? I go, we did this in a day. We went from concept to title to a poster logo to social media where we pumped it out on LinkedIn in a day. Freight waves. Half a day, really, because yeah. we didn't really start until about 11 o'clock. Okay. But well, it's, what is it? When it, is it? And it, why should I watch? Sure. It's Dooner and I, and it's all about freight sales. So if you're a freight broker out there, if you are anyway connected with freight sales, like a, a forwarder, expediter, if you work for a trucking company and you're a sales guy, it's all about freight sales. And it goes from this first episode, which debuts tomorrow live on LinkedIn and YouTube and, and Twitter and, and available wherever podcasts are downloaded, iTunes, Spotify, and all the others. It is all about lead generation. Who owns lead generation? If you're a salesperson trying to do lead generation, how should you do it? What tools and resources out there for you? Uh, if you own a company and, um, or you're a marketing person in a company, it's all about content marketing, what, what works, what doesn't. And, uh, basically we're going to have our special guest, the head of Sonar Sales, uh, here, Michael Caney for a few minutes talking about his, his, he used to be a, a freight broker and he was president of a freight brokerage, uh, with Riverside Transportation. And he's going to tell us his philosophy about it all. And in future episodes, uh, we're going to have outside guests, a lot of outside guests within the industry, outside of the industry, sales pros coming in. We don't have the answers, and that's the great thing about the show, I think. Doing right, we don't have the answers, but we have the questions, and we'll work through the, the answers live on the show. Plus, we're going to do call-ins. So any t- anyone who nice. wants to call in at any point, we jump off what we're talking about, and we pick up the call answer the question I might drive the discussion it's all going to be kind of ad lib uh going through just a, a very skeleton structure of what we're talking about and we'll just we'll just talk dinner used to be a freight broker didn't he, was he uh, yeah he was a, he was a freight broker he, he did more of the the ocean side and expedited yeah, like, ltl okay. uh but yeah we we, we trade we'll swap war, war stories i used to be a freight brokerage we we've we've both knocked on a lot of doors We've both cold called a lot of people, cold emailed a lot of people, and it's just kind of both of our questions about how could, how could we have done it better? What's the best structure? So we're going to bring in experts to, to, to give us their, their insights and their, their tips and tricks. And so it's going to be a great learning process for, for, for anyone connected with freight sales, freight marketing, ownership, entre- entrepreneurship out there. Sounds good. So that's a uh, so recap it, it, of the oh, what, Wednesdays. It's going to be a weekly. Uh, it's a weekly, weekly, weekly live Wednesdays at one p.m. and then you know it's it's available on Freightcast, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, just where all other Freightcasts are available as well. That sounds exciting. Yeah. It's got to be what is that? What is that? Dooner's fifth or sixth podcast? I know he's, he's, he's just piling he's, it on. He is. He is. He's, he's a madman. All right, we got long short. We have long short. About ready. So. I am ready. All right. Let's so, close it off here with long short. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the FANG stocks a little bit. This, it, the tech stocks have, seems like every year they keep saying this is the year that they, that they pop and, and the S&P beats them. And this is the year the tech companies are done. And then somehow they, they keep turning along and they keep outperforming everything this year. Do so, the FANG stocks outperform the S&P? So they've had a great run in the second, I, I know in the second half of 2019, I don't know if you have 
uh, numbers for that. Um, but they've had a fantastic run. I think such a fantastic run that I will go short and say that they do not outperform the, the market, the S&P for, for 2020. And I think a lot of that, Google had disappointing numbers. Uh, Facebook didn't. Um, but, you know, Netflix, in is for Netflix, right? Yes, it is. And, and Netflix is going to have a challenging time. Yes, um, you know, Apple, you know, Apple's had a great run. So is that run over or are they going to moderate? I'm not going to say that they're they're going to tank, but I don't think it's that the growth is going to be there. Yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, it was like all five of the things were, were, were top notch. They were all still innovating, still doing new things. I think that there, a couple of them have fallen off that pace. I don't think Facebook is really uh, innovating in a way that they had been in, in years previous. Uh, you know, Libra seems to be a, a massive commercial disaster oh, yeah. uh, for them. I don't know what they were thinking there. Um, <clears throat> and then you have Apple and, and Alphabet. Alphabet, you know, their earnings hasn't been great. Um, you know, they're trying to get more into the home things. They're trying to innovate and get into the Google Homes and the, the security systems with Nest and it's everything else. It's funny. We, we say, oh, Google's had disappointing results. Yeah, but I think up, most companies would, would, would kill yeah. for that growth. Yeah, and yeah, that's just the, you know, the expectation that we've come with a company like that. That You know, you were expecting 25% growth every year. Yeah, which is kind of why I'm, I'm going to go short because it's, just, it's all based on growth expectations, not the, the company themselves. It's that the... I think those growth they're they're not going to meet their growth expectations in 2020. Yeah, uh, I think I'd agree with you. Actually, I I think um, Apple may single handedly <laughs> keep them up there, but uh, yeah, I I do think that Facebook and Netflix, especially, um, probably have uh, you know down years for, yes. uh, for, for the fan yes. stocks, which yes. means everyone's coming 10, after 15 Netflix. Percent. Yeah, I mean, everybody, they're, they're coming at their throats. I mean, they have, oh, yeah. you know, I think Disney reports today. Uh, so we'll so. see the first, re- we'll see the first results uh, from Disney Plus, which would, which should be fun. Um, might get some pin action on Netflix coming I, down I, on I, that. I, th- we'll I, think, I think you will see some pin action on that. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, so we're both short. We, we think the we're S&P short, yes. grows, outgrows the FANG this year. Uh, the next one is a, a topical thing. You know, Barstool Sports, the uh, the media conglomerate, just got bought out, um, I think it was last week or the week before, by uh, a casino company, Penn National, I think is the name yeah, of it. Yeah, Penn National. Uh, at, a, at a massive valuation, $450 million. Uh, I think it was $136 million for 33% of the company, and then they're going to buy up to 50% a controlling stake in a couple of years. Uh, are you long or short Barstool Sports moving forward? You know, great for those guys. It was great. I mean, to, to come up with a media company and they've been around a, a little while. I, yeah. I would, because I really didn't realize they were, you know, I, I just heard of them maybe two or three years ago. I didn't realize they've been around for, you know, the overnight success. You mm-hmm. know, you just, yeah, you, you don't just, hear about it. You until, only hear yeah. about it until they, they hit it. Right. And now they really hit it. But I, I think there is a room to, to really carve out, uh, a, a new sports, Sports medium, uh, I, I think ESPN, Fox Sports, uh, though they're becoming old, aging actors in you know Disney with with ESPN, mm-hmm. right? In these conglomerates, and they can't really control their own destiny. That they have to uh, to to get their marching orders from from corporates, and I think that really limits limits companies. So I, I think there's a real there's real opportunity for kind of the next generation. Of really great sports programming to to come out. I, so you're long. I'm long. Sure. Yeah, I got a couple. I got to first respond to you. Uh, I yeah. d- I agree with you completely. I think that there is a new market for. Uh, there's a big market for a new uh, sports you know media conglomerate. I think ESPN is is 
sadly old news. I love ESPN, but it's uh, especially Fox and anyone, any of the other ones. I, it really is just ESPN for me. I think that they own that market uh, better than anyone. Um, so yes, I do think there's space. And then the second thing, I would think that Barcel Sports could fill it. Um, but then I think I have a couple things. I, yeah. I think that uh, I think they'll piss people off with some of their other content. They have a lot of just kind of they questionable, uh, you know, on the oh, edge yeah. stuff. But in our in our world today, everything moves so fast. You put out another headline, you know, we have people, you know, that can just keep creating news about themselves, and then everybody forgets about what they said mm-hmm. last week. That seems to be the the thing going on in this country. So. I think they'll be fine. I think they can say whatever I they think, want, and they just I, about get away with it. I, I think so too, and and I, I haven't read too much about it, and I wish I had. Uh, is because whoever acquired Penn Penn National, are they going to to use this to drive sportsbook? Yes, betting? that is that's where Barstool is. That's the reason Barstool's valuations probably doubled in the last year because they've gotten into, into sports. Uh, yeah, this, this sub, uh, subscription um, sports betting where you, you know you get I'm, picks and whatnot. I mean, incredibly long then, because if there's one thing that's never going to die, recession-proof, yeah, sports gambling, <laughs> gambling you know, in general, gambling yeah, in yeah. general is never going away. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not going to be electrified. There's not going to be new energy sources. There's not going to be anything. People are always going to bet, and if you can uh, drive that through. Your casinos are online business because mm-hmm. I think Tennessee now yep, legal is online legal gambling. online gambling. Soon. They've, they've already passed it. I don't know I, if it's I, legal I, yet. but soon. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's that's something that will never go away. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I I want to like Barstool. I just don't like the people that I – don't, I don't like the dudes that run it. But it's okay. Know. They're going to be successful. I, I, really watch I, it, I don't so. know whether um, – you know, it seems like an, a little bit of an odd match, like between a casino company and this media company. I don't know if the I don't know if Barstool knows enough about online gambling to really to to help out Penn, and I definitely don't think Penn knows anything about media. But maybe together they can they can put their heads together yeah. uh, and and be successful. Yeah. I hope they are. I I think they've they've done an awesome thing. Like they've done it their way, oh, and yeah. I appreciate that that yeah. they've never sacrificed their own creativity and their own you know mantra for anyone else. So I I I'd appreciate that. So yeah, definitely. I wish them all the best. Very good. Very good. That wraps it up for Kevin Hill and Andrew Cox here at the Freight Intel Group at Freight Waves, downtown Chattanooga. And thanks, uh, thanks for everyone for, for watching and especially again, Carrier Direct for providing us with all this great uh, research. Uh, special thanks goes out to, to Peter and Peter and Ryan. Oh. I hit the button. Peter, Peter, Ryan, and uh, Diane. So, Carrie Direct, thanks, and we'll see you all next week.